0: Freezer, Dawson's Creek Podcast, the show before millennials who missed the boat 25 years ago. Take the dive for the first time. Join us as we experience the series with a fresh perspective and see if our adolescent experiences match up with Dawson and the gang. My name is Cody.
1: I'm Stella. I'm Mallory. And I am
0: James.
2: And this week, we're talking about season two, episode 13. His leading lady.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. Yes, quite. <laughs> my my lady?
4: My lady? Mm.
0: No. No. <laughs> no, oh, yes. No. Uh-oh. Oh. Stella tipped her little fedora. I did indeed. Bing. Oh, no. Now you, you're growing facial hair underneath your neck. <laughs> yeah. and, oh. oh,
3: no. Yeah.
0: A chapeau Is that to an you. anime body pillow behind you?
2: My waifu. <laughs> <laughs>
4: Okay, <laughs> well, <laughs> are y'all ready for this? <laughs> <laughs> are y'all
3: ready
4: for this? Okay, Keep to <laughs> <play> correspondence,
2: people. <laughs> <laughs> <We got> <laughs> <laughs> One day we'll <wolf. laughs> uh, <yeah. laughs> afford Sound effects. <Yeah. laughs> uh,
4: okay, we got a lot of it. We got some good stuff. First shout out, we got Chad. We got an email from Chad. What's up, Chad, Chad? Chad, Chad, Chad. Hello, Chad. Chad, 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 Chad. <laughs> Chad. Okay, he wrote us an email that says, "Hey, great episode. This was in response to the Reluctant Hero episode. Ah. Great episode. Love the new format. Thank you. So do we. Ooh. You asked for ideas about writing an episode of Dawson's, and I think it would be awesome to lean into." all of James ideas of paranormal activity in Cape side and rewrite an episode where everyone is really the creature or vampire or whatever Jim James (laughs) says they are like (laughs) lean into the supernatural aspects of Dawson's Dawson's via James will say plausible theories, just an ideas, just an idea. Love the show.
0: Wow. Uh, you'll be happy to hear that. I've started a script (laughs) for fun.
4: I forgot. (laughs)
0: Oh, boy. Wow. <laughs> I can't wait to read this. It's... Fans. One week. <laughs> <laughs> oh.
3: uh,
0: the Bare naked Ladies do make an appearance. Uh, I'm trying to incorporate as many ghouls as I can. We'll see what happens. I don't oh. know if we should save it for a, like a year from now as like a Halloween <laughs> special. Yeah. I think yeah. we,
2: we need to tease it one line yes. at a time. Between oh, yeah. <laughs> now and Like put in <laughs> little
4: Easter eggs where we just say one line. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Damn. That's a cool idea.
2: Yeah, definitely. Ooh, or we can do it like David Lynch and it can be like in static Morse code. Ooh. <laughs> my
0: God, you had me a David. <laughs>
4: <laughs> okay, next up. Dear Heather, friend of the show, Heather bought us not one, not two.
2: What?
4: Not three.
2: Surely not four. Not
4: four. What? <laughs> <laughs> she bought us five coffees.
2: Whoa, wait, what
4: does that mean? Well, if you haven't heard me talk about it in any of our other episodes, (laughs) it's a thing that I don't know. Does it still exist on our website? Pretty sure it does. Okay. We had, it had maybe been uh, taken away. We weren't sure, but maybe it's still there. It's
2: still there. I think
4: you click on a little thing that says, buy us a coffee on our website and it gives us a little $5.
2: (laughs) Well, put. <laughs> a little it's a $5. just <laughs> the cutest little $5 you've ever seen. Hey there little cutie. What's your name?
4: And it's <laughs> $5. Dollars? And it's like buying a little coffee for us. Yes. Um, you know, it's like
2: Do you need to know more than that? Yeah.
4: You I know, mean, no. That
0: suffices. What did Heather say?
4: Heather <laughs> I just want to say that it's extremely sweet um that people are doing this. Like yes. people keep doing it and it's so nice and I'm in shock. Um, Heather also sent a sweet message. She said, I was going to send some Cod correspondence, but I'll just text you instead. <laughs> cool. Because oh, she is friends with Cody. She sent Cody this message. She said, when Dawson made that gun to school joke, I thought about the Weedis song, Teenage Dirtbag. Mm. One of my karaoke faves. And I've heard it's featured in season four. Can't wait. There's a lyric in the song her boyfriend's a dick and he brings a gun to school but they censor out gun in the song because of columbine so there's definitely something going on in the cultural conversation at the time around that y'all were on to something
2: let's hear a little bit of teenage dirtbag by weedus song is incredible i love this song so much i haven't heard this in a while i haven't thought of this in a while i
0: think of this at least twice a day
2: yeah. <laughs> just when you're looking in the mirror, you're like, "Ah, oh, fuck, it's me, the teenage dirtbag."
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs> mm. My favorite thing about the song is downloading it on Napster in the late 90s and getting it uh a Teenage Dirtbag by Weezer.
2: Yes. <laughs> Not Weedus No. Well, it's a great oh, song. We got to get
0: to the chorus though. Okay. Here we right, right, okay. here, go. Right here. Yeah.
2: Oh. 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 Listen to those crunchy
3: guitars.
2: (laughs) God. Oh, good. Mm. That's fantastic.
0: And music hasn't been good since. No. But for real, Heather, uh, one of my oldest friends that I'm still butts with, been friends for over a decade since uh, high school. Uh, Heather, you are such a precious little baby angel. I love you so much. Thank you for your endless support. You are the best. Thanks, Heather.
4: Love you, Heather. Thank you. Heather, 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 Heather,
3: Heather,
1: Heather, Heather, Heather. Okay, next up, before you move on to the next Oh, sorry. I did check our website and just for everyone wondering where it is. It is a little hard to find, so oh, I wanted to you. describe it. So, if you scroll down to the very bottom of the page, there is a little circle with a dollar sign that dollar says "Donate." Sign. If you scroll over it, Ooh. and if you click on it, it will take you to Buy Me a Coffee. Damn. Ayo. Nice little five dollar yeah, yeah, down
2: there. there. Yeah. <laughs>
1: little five. Little we five. <laughs> okay. Well, next up, we
4: got a message on the old Discord from Jessica. And she says, just got all cut up on the podcast. I love your fresh insights on the show. The election always makes me think Dawson and Jen had chemistry.
0: Spicy stuff. Not only is it because it's an original take, but it's a sexy
4: take. Mm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Sizzling, baby.
2: I think Dawson and Jen have a significantly more, specifically in that episode, but significantly more chemistry than Dawson and Joey. 100%. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that episode did feel like a return to, hey, remember when we were trying to make it look like they wanted to fuck?
3: Yeah. Because
2: mm-hmm. for a while it was like Dawson's being protective daddy over Jen mm-hmm. and Dawson's being like disappointed daddy and Jen, just a lot of daddies for Jen. And now he's back to, well, was back to Awuga. A Awuga,
4: yeah. Well, Well, uh, find us on the old Discord because uh, there is a happening community there that yeah. I have not joined, but I'm going to. <laughs> Mallory you joined. Must. Yeah, I can't wait. I've never used Discord before, but I'm excited to find out what it's all about. It's
0: all about waving. Yeah. Mm. It is. Lots of waves. But the people that have joined, it is fun seeing people uh, communicate with us, with each other about the show. We love it. We would love if at least 10,000 more people joined our Discord. Yeah, definitely. So jump in. Just at least 10,000 more. At least. Also, and- oh, oh, no.
4: Ooh, <laughs> uh, nothing. Um, please, if you haven't, leave us an Apple review.
2: Yeah. That's that what too. I'm going
4: to leave you with. I. You're leaving? Yep. Bye. <laughs> oh, shit. That's uh, sorry. That, I short
2: mean, up this week,
0: guys. The,
4: the end of Capeside Correspondence segment. Uh,
0: this is now your correspondence. This is yeah. outside of Yes, Stella's correspondence. Yeah, yeah.
4: Um, please leave us an Apple review, rate, review, subscribe.
2: Yes. The three magical words. Thank you for reading that (laughs) cue card I gave you.
4: (laughs) (laughs) And tell your friends.
2: (laughs) Yes, tell your friends. And you know, when earlier when we were talking about, in earlier episodes, we were talking about how Stella cries if she doesn't get like emails and stuff like that. Now she cries if she doesn't get Apple podcast reviews. Yeah. Mm. Do you want to make Stella cry? Man, that is a tough question. Do you? Then if the answer is no, of course not. (laughs) I'm a, I'm a normal person. I don't want to make this person cry. Go on to Apple Podcasts and leave us a five-star review. And write the reason why
0: you don't want Stella to cry. Yes. Yes,
1: please.
2: Exactly. Give her a reason not to cry. Start every <laughs> review with,
0: I do not want Stella to cry because dot, 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 and then fill in the rest. You can say wait. anything after that,
2: specifically as, as long as it's about how good our show is. But... <laughs> I
4: can't wait to read these.
2: Yep, that'll be good. Then you'll never cry again.
4: Yeah, I can't wait to never cry
1: again.
2: Yeah. It's not, yeah, we don't want to cry again, ever. (laughs) No crying.
1: There's no crying.
0: There's no crying in podcasting. Nope. Well, I guess we should move on, yeah?
1: Yeah, so once again, we are talking about season two, episode 13, His Leading Lady. Wow. This episode aired on February 3rd, 1999. And the synopsis is, as Dawson's new film mirrors his failed romance with Joey, the truth about Andy's medication stuns Pacey. Mm. This uh, episode was written by Darren Goldberg and Shelly Meals.
3: Cool
2: name.
1: Directed by David Semmel.
2: David Semmel. Friend, friend of the show. Friend of, you, friend of the yeah, show. Friend of the show. Yeah. Was talking with him just this week. <laughs> yeah. I got to say, I'm not used to it being 1999. Even though yeah. I knew I know, it, yeah. like hearing you say it, I was like, what? What? Yeah. It's almost Y2K. Ooh, I hope they have a Y2K episode. Me too, oh my goodness. Dawson, you know, he has that computer in his room. Is he oh yeah, be is like, he gonna blow up? Oh, my room's not safe, guys, we gotta go.
0: I was recently reading about, a, like, this is a total tangent, but it connects. I was reading about how NBC would do like themed nights in their programming. And I guess there was an episode of friends that connected to another episode of a night where they both had episodes that involved a blackout in New York Mm. city.
1: Oh yeah. And
0: both episodes were like dealing with that. So I wonder Mm. if it'd be cool if WB maybe near like the Y2K stuff, like did like a Y2K night where it's like, Oh, like the electricity isn't coming on because the computers are failing us and it's the apocalypse. I don't know what that could be, but Mm. Mm. Y2K or anything else.
2: Literally anything yeah. else. It'd be fun. Well, obviously, I think the obvious answer is it's gonna send all the buoys. They're not gonna work no more. Lighthouse not gonna work no more. The boats are gonna get angry at us and they're gonna attack. Ah. I love a good sentient boat. Yep, Capeside is under attack. Guys, we need Godzilla. Get Godzilla oh. in here. Oh.
0: Whoa. <laughs> I mean, God, <laughs> it it writes itself, it basically. Does. Yeah.
4: <laughs> Cody, you ready to take us away?
0: I hope you like the sound of my voice. (laughs) While Dawson and Joey finish up a flick, our boy celebrates his and Joey's first post-breakup movie night. Before she can skedaddle, he laments the challenge of casting the Joey role in his movie. She thinks he should think beyond finding a Joey clone. Dawson pivots to tell her he's completely moved on from their relationship woes since she has as well. At this, Joey dips, and boy, oh boy, do I not believe these two for a second. The <laughs> next day in art class, Joey doodles up a nude based on a nude model. When out of nowhere, Dawson pops in to say hi, hello, he offers up his new script draft but fumbles over his words when he spots the. Babe modeling (laughs) nineties it girl Rachel Lee Cook as Devin over at Andy's Pacey examines his hot little buns in the mirror wondering what he could do to elevate his butt game all while Andy (laughs) takes a couple of pills but uh oh Pacey tosses some trash and discovers Andy's antidepressants a bottle in the library Dawson runs into Devin Dawson can't believe her confidence in being a little noodle she reveals she's an actor and he can't wait to tell her about his filmmaking career he invites her to try out for that joey role he had been talking about earlier and hands her the script with a tinge of sexy banter who boy hubba hubba yowza at jen's place it's wait is no it can't be is that no no <gasps> it's none other than our least favorite racist conservative grandma grams popping into the kitchen and introducing our girl to super sexy denim daddy tyson and guess what he wants to work on dawson's movie a lip bite ensues <coughs> Back at Dawson's, Pacey expresses his worry over Andy's meds while they rearrange the room for a shooting location. Dawson tells him to talk to her about it, but Pacey's worried about her stress levels. So Dawson's thinks that they should just make their time together fun? Out front, Dawson runs into Devin, who's iffy on the script. She's got some serious criticisms, but... She digs the character. Dawson's ego is bruised. Ouch! And in turn, she thinks he's being too sensitive. But he convinces her to read for the role right then and there. And you guessed it, folks. She kills. The next day at the Ice House, Joey's gotta leave a little early for the shoot but guess what? Jack is going to work the film shoot too. Uh Uh-oh, can you smell the drama cooking? Joey waltzes over to take a customer's order, and guess who it is? Devin! She's studying Joey's movement for character building. Joey's freaked and lets Jack take over. Devin asks if he knows Joey and wants to know everything about her. I think Jack knows a little bit about Joey. At Andy's, Pacey brings up the whole meds thing again. She deflects, but Pacey's here for the truth and she spills the beans. The drugs have helped her ever since her brother passed. She didn't want to tell our boy and says it doesn't matter because she's been told to give therapy a try instead. When Pacey expresses that that's a very good idea, she deflects again. She says she's fine figuring it out on her own. Hmm, don't like that news. Mm -hmm. On the film set, Dawson has Jen fill in to read for the Jen character as Cliff and Devin play the Dawson-Joey dynamic in practiced runs. Joey pops in to watch as Dawson gives vague, frustrated directions to Cliff. (laughs) Jen tells him to ease up. Dawson introduces Devin to Joey, and she owns up to studying her at the Ice House. She's going all method and wants to know all the deets to prep for the role. And you know those deets are all about her relationship with our titular hero. It's getting awkward, folks. As the film shoot moves to Capeside High, Tyson fumbles on set and says he's so distracted by Jen being sexy on set. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) 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 Meanwhile, Joey has to reassure Jack that everything's going to be A-OK on set. Who cares what Dawson thinks? Well... Maybe Joey does. A montage ensues. We're having fun on set. Lights, camera, action. Devin's studying Joey. Joey and Jack are kissing. Joey's feeling weird around Devin. Behind the scenes, Tyson gives Jenna a sexy neck rub, and she says they should go out that night. But Tyson only agrees as long he's in the driver's seat of what they do. Hmm... Outside, Cliff and Devon argue with Dawson's character choices and direction. Cliff cannot relate to Dawson's. Wait, Griff? Crass. <laughs>
3: Chris. Crass. Chris. Yeah, Cliff
0: Crass. <laughs> Cliff. Let me read that one more time. <laughs> <laughs> Outside, Crass and Devin argue with Dawson's character choices and direction. Crass can't relate to Dawson's characterization of himself. He explains his inner turmoil over losing Joey. It's agony. Heart ripped out of chest. Can't breathe. Can't function. Oof. And explaining Joey to Devin, just as sad. Our boy is hung up, y'all. Later, Devin approaches Joey and wants her to explain the character's anger a little more. Joey doesn't believe she's angry by nature, but Devin knows how to get what she wants. Devin pries about her relationship with Jack being a safety net and asks Jack what it's like to be just a transition guy. This makes Joey pop, and Devin walks away with satisfaction, getting what she wanted. Elsewhere, Andy gives Devin a bunch of flack for losing a beret, or as Andy likes to call it, a beret. Pacey intervenes and tells Andy he's worried about her. He wants to help, but Andy loses it on him and says something's got to give, and she finds Pacey expendable with tears in her eyes and anger in her voice. She says that she means it and tells him to back off. Ouch. Out during the shoot, Joey has a hard time watching Crass and Devin perform her and Dawson's own reality. They break shooting to set up another shot, and Joey accosts our boy. She pulls him into a classroom to accuse him of punishing her by bringing their past into celluloid. Dawson argues that she has moved on, and he doesn't have anything. This is all that he has left. He hasn't moved on, he hasn't let go, and he storms out. (laughs) Later on set, Grams tells Jen how proud she is of her hard work that day. She says women back in her day didn't have many options, but now that it's 1999, women (laughs) can be anything they want. You know, as long as they're white, cis, heterosexual, preferably accommodating to patriarchy structures and observing archaic traditions or social norms. Women can do it all. Grams wishes (laughs) Jen well on her date and our girl takes off. But instead of going to some food place or going to a movie, they head to a party, but not that kind of party. Uh Uh-oh, it's Bible study. (laughs) (laughs) Jen, like us, not happy. In the darkened halls of Capeside High, Pacey tells Dawson he screwed up with Andy Dawson tells him to just let her go. Dawson acknowledges that he's fooling himself by getting over Joey, but encourages Pacey to actually do it. But you know what? It's not going to work for Pacey. He wants Andy. He knows she needs him. And with that, our man with a mission departs. To the tune of the very good and underrated Bruce Springsteen B-side sad eyes, Pacey with a rose in hand is met with a slammed door at Andy's house, determined our boy climbs andy's two-story trellis and andy is aghast she says she doesn't need another psycho in her life but he won't let her kick him down he's not going anywhere into that she admits that she wants to feel better he crawls through the window and says he isn't going anywhere he tells her that he loves her and she reciprocates at the set crass and devin invite dawson to grab some dinner but he declines Crass starts trekking toward a restaurant and now alone with Dawson, Devin tells him that he impressed her that day. She thinks he shows real potential and our boy is super thankful. She asks again if he wants to join for a late night bite, but he feels he needs to hang out around set and be alone. To that, she dips with Crass. Dawson then runs into Joey, who apologizes for blowing up earlier. Dawson apologizes for offending her with the film and expresses his intention was to put the past behind him via making this biopic, but it's not working. He says he's tried to figure out how to be without her, and acting like he was over her didn't really cut it. He admits to wanting to pour his heart out to her right then and there. She tells him it's been just as difficult for her they'll always be connected and they're destined to be intertwined but they have to admit that they have to move on at this jack shows up and dawson sincerely thanks jack for his help jack offers to clean up but dawson would rather hang back alone joey and dawson wave a sad goodbye to one another and dawson stands in the shadows of his film set as springsteen's sad eyes comes on to fade out the shot
3: Woohoo!
2: bravo drink some water <laughs> One gallon now. Um, chug,
1: chug, 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 chug. chug, chug, chug.
2: <laughs> I love parts of this episode like a lot. There is there are some moments in this that I really really enjoy. I like all the filming of the movie stuff. Like it's surprisingly effective for me. I was surprised because I thought I would hate it, but I really enjoyed it. But. Most of this episode, I really, really do not like, Can't wait to hear like why. at all. <laughs> like really don't like this What's episode. getting
0: under your skin?
2: I do not like uh, the mo- pretty much anything with Devin outside of the shooting. Like mm. starting from the scene in the library, she just annoys, she annoys me. But then really when it gets to her method acting, studying <laughs> Joey at the ice house, I'm just like, this is the stupidest fucking thing I've ever <laughs> seen. I hated it.
0: Do you think it's stupid because it feels like unrealistic to the world that they're like setting it in? Or is it just like, this is a cartoon character or like,
1: or is it that we're supposed to feel, feel annoyed? Like Joey feel like as annoyed as Joey would feel with mm-hmm. someone trying to be.
2: Yeah. I don't know <laughs> what it is. Cause I don't necessarily n- mind the, that's not realistic, but it feels, maybe it is the cartoonish nature of it. like, she's sitting there like brushing her hair back over her ear and like prete- pretending to write an order down on a notepad. That's not there. <laughs> like, what the fuck are you doing? This is so stupid. You would nobody would do this in real life. So maybe it is the realistic thing, but uh, Oh God, it just really drove me up a
0: wall. I mean, she's a super underwritten one note character. Yeah. And it seems weird that like, I have to imagine that we're going to see more of her because this movie shoot didn't just last one day. Right. So like there's, gotta be more to her than just being this like I don't know cartoon villain kind of like weirdo that's kind of
1: like a yeah. little bit like Ab, not not as mean as Abby but mm-hmm. kind of that Abby esque like trying to get yeah. under people's mm-hmm. skin and yeah. kind of like make waves
2: but, um, but is she doing that because she wants to or just because she needs the information because she only really is yeah. doing yeah. that to get to see yeah. Because she's method,
0: yeah. She's <laughs> yeah, not like a. Right? She doesn't care about drama or stirring up the relationships. For her, yeah. it seems no. pretty pointed that it's like, yeah, she just wants to learn about this character, yeah. right in a fucked true. up, weird, weird, silly way. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: yeah. I know. I I didn't really enjoy watching her either. So
3: good <laughs> about
1: her, but like, so Rachel Lee Cook, she, you know, she was and she's all that. Mm-hmm. Which did anyone look up when that was released?
0: That's like a year before this. No, right? it
1: was a few days.
0: No Ooh, way, yes. damn.
1: So it was released on January 29th.
0: Holy wow. shit. Oh, wow. Just a few
1: days before this episode aired.
0: Damn, she owned yes. q one ninety nine. yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> So I wonder how many more episodes she's in and if this was just like a, you know, part you of part have, of the, you know, she's in a new movie, so she's, right. I don't know.
2: Oh, do you think they held What's back the release of this episode to do it or right after the release of the movie so that there'd be like this <laughs> little you know, bubbly halo
0: effect.
4: Ooh. I also, I wonder if like, there are a lot of advertisements for it, Mm -hmm. like on the, on the WB.
0: Well, I wanted to look up who distributed it. Uh, well, no, because it was distributed by Miramax, which Mm -hmm. is going to be in contention with the Mm. studio that's putting out Dawson's Creek. So it's like, I mean, this just seems like happenstance, like, (laughs) You know, sometimes, you know, right. like you never really know that someone's gonna pop off and suddenly they're in everything, right? Like yeah. like Jennifer Lawrence, like within like ten minutes, right. she was in five projects in one year and everyone was like, Holy shit, you know. She's everywhere. Yeah.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, mm, good timing. That's crazy. Yeah. yeah. That's so cool. Yeah.
4: Also, um, I I yeah, I also enjoyed watching the movie be made. It was funny. I understand that now he has like funding but it just seemed like s- like <laughs> such a huge uh step up from like you know him just working with like the core four and then now it's like he has this whole team yeah.
3: for like
1: yeah. like he's like rented out the school like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it feels like it's like so elaborate it's like wow
0: like it's like a real I yeah, know, I know this is 2500 dollars is the budget and this is 1998 money so that probably what we came it was like f- a little over 4 grand that, oh, that came out right, to be yeah. like yeah yeah what the equivalent the, the would be reward
1: yeah but even
0: yeah. now four thousand dollars would not get you that set like he was no. shooting on film which that in that of itself is extremely expensive but he has like things for tracking shots and yeah. like all yeah. this stuff it was insane
1: <laughs> prop person make yeah. like yeah, whole like yeah costuming thing. there was someone yeah. with like a bunch of costumes <laughs> yeah. yeah
2: the the yeah. scale of the production behind this is that of a much larger movie I would imagine <laughs> I mean I've never made movies that have any kind of budget let alone you know a a large budget but in my experience it's pretty much like what we saw in season one where it's just like let's run around with my camera and shoot Mm -hmm. funny things that we've thought about or that we've written maybe but to see this level it's like wow Dawson's been putting in work maybe yeah yeah. like are we supposed to see this and see wow he's actually really grown
3: Mm -hmm.
2: or are Uh, we supposed to just see this and be like Okay. Wow. He's got the money to live out his dreams. I'm yeah. not sure which way yeah. to see this
0: one.
4: Mm-hmm. I think the latter,
2: but yeah,
0: it's like ever, his yeah. vision is like finally being realized, and we like know that his potential was always there, and like now it's like now that he has the money, he can do what he needs to do.
4: Yeah. And it, it, oh, sorry. Go ahead,
0: oh, it just reminds me of that uh, season one episode where they're doing the the reverse tracking shot on the football yes. field, and he had the idea of like being in a what was right, it a wheel, wheelchair? Wheelchair? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, it's a wheelchair. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but now you can actually do those kind of things. Yeah. So yeah. Mm-hmm. that uh, quote unquote <laughs> talent has always been there. I don't know. He's just, like to read mm-hmm. he's a genius.
3: <laughs> <laughs> he's a filmmaking
0: genius, this
2: guy. Can you talk
1: about his genius name ideas for his Fuck, characters? Yes, we can. <laughs> yep. Yep. So, I,
2: no,
1: so, no, so we have Joey is Sammy, Sammy. which another kind of un, like un-gendered, gender-neutral, Yeah, gender neutral yeah. name. That's um, also like, yeah, it can be short, like Samantha. Yep. And then, um, uh, let's see. Wade. Wade, Wade. of course. Can't forget Wade. Wade in the water. Wading in the water. Water theme.
2: I hadn't Mm -hmm. thought about that. Mm -hmm. Okay.
3: Interesting. And then,
1: um, there was, so Jen is Kim, which I like because it's a Mm three-letter name. Um, also though, so Abby- supposed to play Jen, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. And Abby was, quote, late in this episode, so Jen had to play herself for a little bit.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: But then Abby never showed up for yeah. like the entire evening. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I wondered
4: about that. Um, and, yeah, part of me was like, I wonder if they couldn't figure out a way to incorporate her, like, if having her in there would add too much drama mm-hmm. between mm-hmm. all the other things that were going on.
3: Yeah. So maybe I wonder.
4: More convenient to not have her in it,
0: but I mean, what I think is just she wasn't part of the main out. cast, so she probably had work somewhere else, oh, yeah, yeah, you know. So it's just yeah. like, hey, let's just write around that, but yeah. she's a yeah. writing so her
4: out, it seems like,
1: yeah, no. Well, that's that's the interesting thing, too. Is she was, I felt like there was some development with her, like, kind of turning around and right. becoming good, you know, yeah, just like the last mm-hmm. episodes. Um, but now I feel like they are like writing her out, maybe or something, because we haven't seen her.
2: I think yeah. I I think Cody's probably right. Yeah. She's probably working on another show around this same time. She's not part of the main cast, so she's not required to be on set for you mm-hmm. know x amount of episodes, or she's only got x amount of episodes on her contract that she's obligated to be there for. So I think them saying. You know, Abby's not here yet. Is their way of keeping actually writing her in? They are still including her. They're not yeah. letting us forget that Abby's yeah, not there. Right? Because
1: they say mentioned that she yeah. was late. Yeah.
2: So otherwise, yeah. they would just be like, uh, you know, we still haven't figured it out. Jen, do you mind just read? I mean, I know it's yeah. gonna be weird, but could you mind just reading?
0: Yeah, she's always listed. Yeah. The actor, I always forget the actor's name, but she's yeah. she's listed as a guest star every single time she's on an episode. And I remember listening to an interview with—I'm um, I'm so bad with names—but the very funny man who plays Kirk on Gilmore Girls when he talked about how the Barack first, Obama. Yes, Barack Obama. <laughs> yes. Uh, but when he uh, was Gun Sean Gunn, yeah, Sean Gunn was talking about how the first couple of seasons as Kirk, it'd only be like every couple of episodes and for him that was just like oh they would call me and they would say they have a spot for me so I jump in and do it but it wasn't until like season three or four that he became like a regular part mm. of the cast and he was no longer just a guest star that he was locked in he's like oh now I know I have future work with the show and so I didn't have to go after other projects because mm-hmm. for him it would be a scheduling thing he's like going oh, right okay, we're here we're here and so right. if I'm free I'll do it so I wonder if it's the same thing with her or I would like to look at maybe her IMDB and see if she landed like another series at this yeah. time or yeah. anything else
4: but I, I mean, I guess maybe this is just the nature of having like reoccurring guest stars or whatever, but it does seem like there are some episodes where like Abby and Bessie are in it and no Grams and no yeah. yep. no Dawson parents or sometimes it's Grams and Mr. and Mrs. Man, me. You know, it's like an alternation of like <laughs> yeah. who can be included, but Definitely. not all of them.
2: Yeah. Well, they do have um, like a super secret uh, spell book that they keep but in the production tent. And it says oh. like for the best episode, you can only have so many of these characters <laughs> at mm-hmm, one point mm-hmm. in time. And if you, if you use it all at once, it breaks the spell and then you can't have six seasons of this show anymore. So it's, they're really being careful on purpose. They have to
3: mm-hmm, be.
4: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. So we did get grams this episode. Yeah. Are, yes. Were you still wanting to talk? No. About, okay, cool. I'm going to,
3: Talk
2: yeah. about Grammy. Yeah,
4: okay. so Grams, couple couple things. Um, I really, really one of my favorite moments in the episode is the sweet moment of Grams expressing how proud she is of Jen. Mm-hmm. Really loved that, and I was also confused, or maybe not confused, but wondering if she was manipulating Jen into going out with Tyson. Oh, absolutely. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yes.
1: I was suspicious right away. Okay. Why are we, why is Graham's pushing this guy into Jen? She is never, we have never seen her do anything yeah, so, like that. I mean, initially like, when we first see. Yeah.
4: Graham's introduce him,
1: it seems yes. like
4: that. But then later w- when this sweet moment happens where Graham's is like complimenting Jen, she says, Oh, and you don't need a man and, by your side. Yeah. Um, but then that all continues. Mm-hmm. So I, I yeah. that left me kind of like conflicted. Mm.
1: Yeah, I think it was supposed to, we were supposed to kind of wonder, but I think that just because right away she was pushing him on. To yeah. Like, yeah. I,
0: was
1: just, I was suspicious right away.
0: It must be like a friend's nephew or something. Yeah, That's just like, there has right. to be some church connection to be, yeah. as to why Definitely. she knows Ty. Yeah. yeah I think Grams, Yeah,
1: why, how does she know this random guy? Maybe like, yeah. through church.
0: Yeah,
2: Gramps exactly. has been, you know, like <laughs> they do like mission trips for like in some churches that send like a bunch of kids uh, to like some you know, small village somewhere, and they'll like build wells. Mm-hmm. They yep. did that with Grams, but it was just to find a suitor for Jen. <laughs> she's been knocking door to door in every. That's spot.
1: where she's been. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Will you please date my
2: granddaughter? <laughs> and she finally found Tyson. Tyson.
1: But even okay.
2: Even please, tie. Tie.
3: Yeah. <laughs> it's Ty. Yeah. Even if like, I've been
2: telling you for a fucking week, lady, <laughs>
3: <laughs> it is Ty.
0: Okay, not Tyson. I, I'm i sorry, I just cannot take Ty seriously. Oh, I will yeah. forever just, I, I have to refer to him as Tyson because saying Ty,
3: ooh, ooh, ah.
0: Yeah, he's just a slave to the working man, you
2: know? He's gotta put that tie on. He's just always reminding himself with his name. Exactly. I'm a corporate boy.
4: Okay, but even if Graham's was for sure trying to like get them together, she knows that Jen is not a church going person and would probably not be interested in him
0: positive influence kind of thing yeah like he kept it a secret for the entire episode yeah yeah yeah. and she was probably like now don't come in too hot with how much you love (laughs) our lord jesus (laughs) christ
1: probably she prepped him (laughs) yeah yeah Yeah.
0: my granddaughter's a little bit of a hellion
1: (laughs) (laughs) um she needs a good boy
2: (laughs)
4: should we talk about that that scene
0: the bible scene yeah yeah. Yeah. why not yeah
4: (laughs) yeah um yeah, so going Any, like
2: first, anybody been in that situation before? They go to hang out mm. with some friends and they
0: don't realize it's a Bible party and then it turns out to be a Bible party? Uh, I think I've talked about this. Maybe maybe I have, maybe I not. But a long time ago, my friend uh, set me up on a blind date with oh, a girl yes. and we uh, went and saw The King's Speech, not a good movie. And then <laughs> afterwards, we went to get drinks. And then while we were getting drinks, and I was like, this date was going good. Like, I thought we were having fun and we were vibing. And then she no joke verbatim said how is your walk with Jesus Christ going nice. and I said what the fuck and then we kind of just argued for like two hours because oh cool. she just like like at first it was like oh I used to be religious I was raised uh, religious but like it left a very bad taste in my mouth and I haven't been religious since I was 12 and she was just like well that's really dis- uh, disappointing because you know you can always come back to Jesus and like she would not let it go nice. it just fucking, she uh, is grams basically she is grams yeah, yeah it was nuts So I know exactly how Jen feels here. I'm surprised she didn't flip a fucking table.
4: Yeah. Yeah. I, I hate it so much. I, I had a bad feeling when they're walking up to the house. I'm like, what is about to happen? It's not
2: going to go good.
4: Yeah. Um, I, I had different theories racing in
1: my head of like it being like a, a drug. Yeah. James thought it was, you thought it was going to be like a, what what, you had. I can't remember what what it was, but you had some idea.
2: Yeah, so it was going to be a like, sex cult. Yeah. <laughs> no, it was, no, I was trying to remember, that, yet, but it
1: was some yeah, something like not a party, not felt a It
2: seedy for sure. Yeah, it, felt it it felt off. like she was about to walk into something not good. Mm-hmm. And it's funny because if we took a step back and thought about it, there's no other possible thing that it could be. Mm-hmm. Grams is introducing this character to yeah. Jen. Of course they're gonna go do some wholesome fun family activity. But in the moment, I could not have predicted that coming yeah, from no, the same, all. same.
1: And they they kept it even kept it a secret as they're walking in. You still don't know what this is yeah. until they sit like sit down and you know. Well the only open. other thing I thought like when they when
4: the person is like, okay, Tyson's here. We can get started. Yeah. I kind of was like, oh, is this like an AA meeting? Yeah, oh, that's what that's, it was. Yeah. totally. Yeah, yeah I thought so, maybe yeah. some kind of a support group. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Why'd you
2: bring a first date to an AA? <laughs> <laughs> I've got something I really need to show you. <laughs>
4: <laughs> Let me
0: introduce you to my friends. <laughs>
4: <Yeah>. <laughs> but who does that? Who Like tricking people into Bible study? It's like, what do you think yeah. is going to happen? Only yeah. the
0: coolest people do that. I mean, also to be fair, like, like I said, I was raised in the church and I have like very vivid memories of our pastors being like, invite your friends to church. Like they'll love the music. It's super cool. Like don't treat it like it's like a church thing. Treat it like a fun, cool, totally. like youth mm-hmm. event.
1: Well, it's like young. I don't know if you, if you remember young life. I just Do remember I? people, yeah. People <laughs> being in young life and like feeling kind of like, don't, don't talk, ask me to go. Yeah. I don't, you know, thank you. <laughs> like, just, I don't
2: know. <laughs> yeah,
0: it's a cult. Yeah. I got suckered
2: into many an evening hanging out at the church, be, but it was because they would be throwing like a paintball gun fight. Yeah. yeah. And they're like, yeah, you have to sit through like an hour of us talking the Bible at you, but then we're going to play paintball or we're going to ride around <laughs> right. on ATVs or fun. like, you know, and like it always did feel like a bit of like having to eat your vegetables totally. to do the things mm-hmm. you want to do. But the amount of my, you know, my friends who were like, yes, like in on yeah. it and they would <laughs> like be bringing their friends in. And I'm like, I'm just here to go <laughs> there, do that thing <laughs> right there specifically.
4: Yeah. I was about to say the same <laughs> yeah. thing. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. So, I mean, up until then where, where people feel Tyson?
0: No, no, absolutely
4: not. No, I. He creeped me I
0: out, but I didn't know why. Yeah, yeah. the and, back rub rubbed me the wrong way.
3: Yeah,
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah. The fucking thing about uh, I just can't focus with you oh, around. I know. Oh, so like, fake. Was like, all right, get in this cannon, and we're gonna shoot you into space. <laughs>
0: like, fuck off.
2: <laughs>
0: yeah, it's just so coming fake. on like so hot, yeah. and Jen, like. The way that Jen flirts is always kind of like, I don't really like this, but I do kind of. And it's, um, I think that matchup itself like specifically makes him grosser because like he's like likes the fact that she's kind of pushing him away and he's like, I'll come in a little hotter. And she's like,
2: oh, I don't like it, maybe. (laughs) (sighs) Down,
3: down boy. Oh, yeah. yeah. (laughs) Oh, God.
0: Fucking
2: icky. But isn't it funny because... Tyson, I think, is like the good go- good guy. Good he's a boy. good guy. He's just a good guy. <laughs> just, uh, like my nephew, Crass, but he's a good guy. <laughs> okay? That's what I was trying to say. Exactly. <laughs> so Tyson is like a, g- a good guy, whereas Crass is a bad guy, mm. but they're very similar, and Jen liked them both. Exactly. It's like, Mm. I don't believe in horseshoe theory, but for this, it exists. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And there's Dawson in the middle. Yeah. (laughs) Neither good nor bad. He's just a blank white wall. Waiting in (laughs) the water. A little bit of wet paint. (laughs) We are just about to come up to our very first break. So I think I'll leave you guys with a little teaser. When we come back, I've got some fun Bruce Springsteen facts.
3: Hey! Bye! All
2: right, we are back and I promised us some Bruce Springsteen facts when we returned. Who here knows who Bruce Springsteen is? Show <laughs> <of> hands. <laughs> Me. Yeah. Wow, we're all raising our hands. Whoa, that's crazy. <laughs> I have to admit something. I have really until this episode <laughs> had like never listened to Bruce Springsteen. I mean, I'd heard like Born in the USA, and, you know, the big songs, but I had not listened to Bruce Springsteen's music, and I got to say, it's really good. <laughs> it's, like, really fucking good. Yeah, he's the GOAT. Uh, Are you a fan? I'm a big-time fan now. I'm considering getting a boss tattoo. <laughs> <laughs>
4: Fuck yeah.
2: yeah. just the word boss. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Boss's boy,
0: actually, is what I'm thinking. <laughs> Love <getting>. that. <laughs> it's, it's weird to, like... This is a weird statement to make, but I'll say that Bruce Springsteen is underrated, even though he's one of the biggest, like the most, one of the most sell, like biggest selling artists of all time. He still like sells at arenas and stuff. But when people talk about like the greats, I feel like he's often left out of that conversation, but his work with the E Street Band and his solo stuff uh, is monumental. Yeah, The fact that his like, I don't want to call it a character, but Bruce Springsteen represents like so much of like the working class and like those early records are like so in line with what it meant to be working class in this country Mm -hmm. and being class conscious. And you rarely get music that's popular. That's about that anymore. And so the fact that he like really like pushed that through and his mix of genres, it's like insane. He's so fucking good.
2: It is really, really impressive. I think in my mind, he was just this kind of like country adjacent national pride guy. That's what I, that's what I imagined. Bruce Springsteen was I thought he had like some radio hits some big pop you know big like popular pop songs but otherwise he was just like you know proud to be an American style (laughs) music basically I know that's not his song but that's what I imagined and I think it's easy to do that when like born in the USA is like his biggest album with like the biggest song that you know Mm -hmm. what I mean like it, it like launches his it defines his career it's so easy to misinterpret that
0: Yeah, that song is an anti-war song. Exactly. And uh, when I think it was Reagan that was using Born in the USA during his campaign, Bruce is like, you do not know what the fuck that song is about. Like, it's like anti-America. Like, Bruce is a comrade, right? And like, it's very easy to misinterpret that song. But he's, yeah, his politics are really good. or They were really good so i have to thank this episode for
2: showing me bruce springsteen first and foremost but they did it through this song sad eyes which i'm gonna just layer in a little bit underneath us really quickly because this song is like so fucking good and using it twice yeah normally Mm. i would say no
0: but oh my god i'm so glad they did It was good. It was a good motif to, like, wrap everything in together and, like, the journeys that we're on with these characters. It's really smart. It's so good.
2: So because of this, I I did spend about four hours straight listening to that song on repeat (laughs) at work. Um, I got out of a meeting and was like, I couldn't stop thinking about that song. Started working on a project, put that song on, and I I had, like, repeat on accidentally, and it looped the first time. I was like, okay, sure. The second time I was like, okay. And then before I knew it, I had been working and and it was time to leave. And I had only listened (laughs) to that song. And that's what made me decide, okay, I'm going to listen to a lot of Bruce Springsteen. I'm going to go back. I did a bunch of research and now I have five Bruce Springsteen facts for you guys. You guys ready? Let's hear him. You're right. He's underrated. A lot of people don't know the real Bruce
1: and, <laughs> and you do
3: I you after know him.
2: a week of listening to a couple of albums. I know the real Bruce <laughs> and I'm excited to share these facts with you guys. Okay. So Bruce, the boss Springsteen, <laughs> do you guys you. know that the boss, your boss? Okay. Well, I'll check that one off then. The so he's a massively influential rock and roll artist. Do you guys know Ooh, that? Okay. Yes. <laughs> that makes sense. Yeah. Big time. He's had 21 studio albums in his 50 year career. Yeah, it makes sense. Damn. Yeah, King Gizzard just had twenty five and twelve. <laughs> <laughs> oh, here it is. But yeah. but that's still that's that, I think that's impressive and that's cute. I think it's cute, <laughs> right? We can agree. <laughs> that's pretty cute. Um, okay, so that's my first fun fact. Bruce the Boss Springsteen. He was born on September twenty third, nineteen forty nine,
3: in Long Capeside? Branch, New Jersey. going to say
1: King <laughs> <Capeside? Capeside? laughs> <laughs> as
2: is that depicted no. in the twenty seventeen biopic Boss Baby. <laughs> you guys know that was about him yeah. yeah okay cool uh he was born to douglas the dutch and adele and springsteen those are his parents his father was a car and his mother <laughs> was the first recorded person with a diagnosis of permanent little girl syndrome <laughs> loving this and bruce the boss springsteen's backing band is called the e street band does anybody know what that's in reference to can't wait to hear your answer. <laughs> it's an homage to the location of the building in New York City where he kind of like formed this band when he was working as a Ghostbuster, and <laughs> he actually stands for ectoplasm. Hey. And nice. All of the ten members of the band are actually ghosts, and they disappear after the show's over.
4: Wow! Wow! Yeah. Mm. Learned so much. These so are, those, those are good thanks,
2: facts. James. Yeah. 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 yeah I, I can. I got more of these. I have a lot of <laughs> research. So if you guys ever yeah. need a little Springsteen's <laughs> fact,
0: you let me know. Really like that Boss Baby. I'm surprised that. Uh, Boss Baby was not about Bruce Springsteen. It, I it think is. it is. Yeah, yeah. It, yeah. In my in my world, it is. I haven't seen
2: the movie though, so mm, you're missing no out. One has. Next on my research, that, that's Kevin Spacey, right? Playing the Boss Baby. <laughs> no, it's Bruce Springsteen. <laughs>
4: <laughs> well, are any more Bruce talk?
2: I mean, maybe
0: later if you're lucky.
4: Bruce, Bruce, what you got, Cody?
0: Well, here's the thing. We've talked a lot about identity in this show and how it's like such a core theme of what Dawson's Creek really is about. And we've been talking a lot about this script, but now we're seeing the script actually come into fruition and it couldn't like, help like I couldn't help but think about like now that this is fully realized and now these characters have to, I don't know, they're confronted with these identities that are reflecting their lives back at them. Mm-hmm. Obviously Joey is like, feels corrupted by this and Dawson has basically admitted like this is the only thing he has like holding on to. So I like just wrote down like a bunch of notes about like themes of identity and like how it's reflecting back into the show, blah, blah, blah. So I just wanted to talk about identity and self-reflection. Mm. So Dawson is a character who struggles with his identity throughout the series. So far he's been forced to confront multiple roles and identities, both in his personal life and within this project. I.e. he is both the pseudo star through his doppelganger while writing and directing all of which directly contradicts his worldview and challenges who he thinks he is. So I think for like so much of this, I've been thinking about how it's affecting other characters while it's so easy for me to forget about Mm. Dawson because I guess as an audience, and I think I speak for all of us, we don't really like Dawson. He's not that interesting of a character, but this does feel monumental. The fact that now we're seeing his inner life being played out to a stage. This is what he believes his life to be through this like artistic form, which is interesting that like... We'll give Joey a lot of kudos for like exploring her artistic side, but we kind of fail to mention that for Dawson. This is actually kind of interesting that we're seeing this being played out. It's his subconscious made realized, right?
3: Mm-hmm.
0: And I think, you know, where we're, Dawson's project can be seen as a constant process of self-exploration and introspection and his attempts to create a detailed replica of reality within his project mere his desire to understand himself and the world around him when everything he thought to be true, his relationship with family and friends has crumbled yeah and uh that's really fascinating i mean i don't think this is ever going to get to the point of being like charlie kaufman synecdoche new york or anything where we're going to get like really elaborate and surreal with it but it is cool that like there's been like so much built above this happening and now we're seeing it fully realized and what does it end with like he cannot maintain any of his relationships and this episode closes with him being by himself on his set, yeah. which is his reality. It's uh meta in a way that doesn't call attention to itself. Like something as insufferable as inception or something where mm-hmm. it's like, we're seeing him build a set of his life. Like he, his, he writes what he knows, but the only thing that he knows is his life. And so now it's the snake eating its own tail. Right. And like, if this were Synecdoche, New York, we'd probably eventually see something like his doppelganger Dawson, played by Chris, like ending up marrying actual Joey or something like that. And he'd be like, wait, what's real. What's not. I don't know. But I feel like this says so much about himself too. I feel like there's a node to like Alfred Hitchcock's parallel, uh, you know, with vertigo because Dawson falls for this Devin character Mm -hmm. kind of in a way. And she's playing the Joey part. So it's like, does he really like Devin for being this like new person in his life? Or is it just the fact that she's like Sammy who's Joey and, And that she's doing this method
2: embodiment of Joey as well. Like she's not just being Sammy, she's also
1: being
0: she's trying to be Joey. Yeah. And I think it's really pointed that, and I don't know if we've ever gotten like too much into this, but the fact that Chris is the one that they ended up landing for the Dawson role and Mm -hmm. the fact that Chris so far has been portrayed as a tool, an asshole, a manipulator of women. Mm. And I mean, it just, it kind of reminds me of this like mindset of incels, like unironically lambasting who they consider chads. Sure. Uh, Cause you know, they find them to be these like grotesque caricatures of what it's supposed to be like, you know, masculinity, but incels themselves are disgusting in their own way. Right. So it's like, this all feels like it's being projected even more with Chris being Dawson and Dawson, subconsciously is maybe like admitting this about himself, like in another way, like I am this kind of disgusting manipulative. Yeah. Like that, person. Scene. Yes. Yeah. That it, where they're
1: outside and filming. This doesn't, this doesn't make sense. I would be like this. Exactly. You know? yeah, yeah. And yeah. it's like,
0: it's almost as though he isn't even realizing what his like artistic push is. Right. Like by doing this, he is like forced to confront these, like this darkness inside of him. And I think that's really good. Like, I think this writing is extraordinarily yeah. good. It's probably the only good thing about this episode,
3: mm-hmm. but
0: uh, I'm excited. I hope that this carries over for the rest of the show or at least for the rest of the season. It seems mm-hmm. like we've all been like working up to the script being fully realized into a film. Like what happens with this? Like, will it speak such a truth to him that it ends up blowing his mind? Right. I could even see this like collapsing his, like his like ego, like who he is as a person and, Maybe he like doesn't want to be a filmmaker anymore because mm. he's going to realize like some like kind of inner truth through this process. I don't know. I find it very fascinating.
2: I love that. I I, I love that you're you know kind of like analyzing that and and laying it out there because I think it makes a lot more sense hearing you say it than like trying to understand what I'm liking about those the parts of that you're describing there. And I think it's also kind of interesting that like Dawson, you know, Joey hates seeing herself cast as Devon. And we never really get to see Jen seeing Abby do the role. But Dawson is like, you know, he, he is he's struggling with this casting of, of, of crass. He even says like, this is what I get for casting a jock is whatever. But like he's also weirdly li- like, like he's watching it and this kind of like weird sense of pleasure is kind of on yeah. his face. Like it's <laughs> sadistic in a, in a kind of weird way watching him watch
0: this happen. It's very weird. And especially when Chris is like just asking for like simple direction and Dawson is like real. I think what I'm seeing is Dawson realize in the moment that he doesn't know actually how he feels, which is why he's struggling to give direction to quote unquote himself uh, because it's like he's never, I don't know, he hasn't yet to actually internalize these things. And it's very fascinating.
2: Yeah. Interesting. I love the, the part where it's at it's at the school at night and and Devin and Crass are going out and they ask Dawson if he wants to come out and he's like, no, I just want to be here. That yeah. felt so impactful. It was like a small little interaction, but just him choosing to be mm-hmm. there by himself. Mm-hmm. I've been there for sure in my own like creative worlds where I'm like, no, I don't need the real world. I just want to live in my fantasy that I've got created right here. Exactly. Just a little yeah. bit longer. And then I think on top of that, there's that, other additional layer of like, this is a literally his school where he's literally lived these experiences that he is reliving through the camera with these other people. Like it's so nuanced and rich. I think it's, it's very, I don't know. It's very cool. Like I really, really liked it. Mm. It's really
0: good writing. And sad. Yes. Like, I mean, again, like I don't want to like say like, I love Dawson. I think he's a very, uh, I don't know if complex is the right word, but he's like not a, character you want to love right he makes a lot of mistakes and i don't think that's like in like the good way of a really well-written character way that he's right. making a lot of mistakes it's more just like kind of insufferable but seeing him like push through this and end on a note of like i want to live in this world that i've constructed for myself because i cannot handle reality speaks so much to who he is a, as a person Definitely. and it's like wow like i like have this like kind of a new uh, maybe appreciation for Dawson as a character and like i 'm like I feel like i 'm understanding him more and like why that is so comforting to him, even though I still find that kind of viewpoint insufferable mm-hmm. uh it's it 's rich it's it 's well written and i and I feel for him Speaking of people that I feel for, I want to talk about the Andy and mm-hmm. Pacey
2: yep. stuff a little bit here because this you know, this episode starts with Pacey squeezing his butt and being like, wow, look at my butt. <laughs> it's the best butt in the whole world. Can you believe this? Um, and then he has to wipe his nose. And <laughs> yeah, so he goes to the bathroom
1: and he wipes. Just like one little piece of yeah. Kleenex.
2: And from that, he looks in the trash and sees her pill bottle And then decides to grill her on, on it. And I, on the one hand, I do see where he's coming from on like, why didn't you think you could tell me? Like, I want to be there to support you. I want to be there to help you. On the other hand though, he's kind of like in, he is invading her privacy. I mean, he is quite literally going through her trash, even though it is right on top of her trash, it is still going through her trash to get that, to put it in front of her and force her to explain it to him. I don't know. How do we feel about this?
4: yeah. Like,
2: mixed. I love Pacey, you know, really love him. And I, I, I love watching him do his thing up there that he does, squeezing his butt and stuff. But
4: yeah, I think, you know, if if this had been the first time he had seen the prescription bottle, I'd be like, yeah, that's an invasion of privacy. But I think because, I don't know if it was in the previous episode or the one before that, where he sees her- At the
3: pharmacy. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
4: And so to me, that seems like, Maybe he's realizing, okay, maybe something is like she's not being completely honest yeah. with me. Um, so that makes it it feel a a tiny little bit more justifiable because sure. he's kind of like, okay, what's going on here? Um, but yeah, it is weird. Um, and I think it's
1: complex. You know, it's like, <sighs> doesn't he ask Dawson before approaching yes. her? Yeah, I thought that was
2: well, he he kind he like brings it up there in the room and yeah. then he drops it and then he right. talks to Dawson about it before, before talking approaching about her. it yeah. again yeah
1: Yeah. so it seems like he, there there was a little bit of care whether or not like the actual like question to her was was right but like there was a little bit of oh, care yeah. in like approaching it where he was yes. like yeah i ask my friend for advice what should i do like what I, so there you know yeah and that
2: i think excuses a you know, it's it doesn't. It's it, you're right. It, it, yeah. it is done from a place of of care and concern. But I think that a lot of people do a lot of things from a place of care and concern that doesn't make it excusable or justifiable. No. Yeah. And you know, like
1: yeah, because the way he asked her was like, "So uh, w- when are you going to tell me about this pill bottle or something?" Yeah. And it, that was like. Is that the right way to ask? And about you, know, it, right? yeah. <laughs> you know, I I totally yeah. agree
2: with what you're saying, Stella. That like I think he's kind of picking up on something is not yeah. right with with Andy, and that maybe she needs more support. And even to that, he then that's the way to right. your point, Mal. Yeah. That he decides to to approach the whole thing. So it's it's weird. I mean, I I
0: really didn't like the way that they portrayed Andy in this episode, though. Yeah, mm-hmm. same, same, yeah. It's both problematic like both for both Both situations yeah Yeah. and it's like like we're talking about like the intentions there are good yeah like i i do believe that when they were putting this episode together they thought like oh like with the best intentions like pacey's doing the right thing and andy is like dealing with this thing and uh, but it plays pretty bad now like it i don't
1: know yeah it's weird it doesn't hold up and i think also it's
4: like I don't know. I guess it's hard for me to separate like watching this as an adult versus like um, trying to remember like, okay, these are teens in high school. Like, yes, he is not going to know exactly how to approach this subject as a teenager. Like that is probably something a little bit foreign to him and doesn't know the right way to approach it. Um, And then I think, you know, also kind of, he kind of like takes it one step further by saying like, you need me, yeah, yeah. Um, I can help, which also right. feels very like toxic teen yeah. yes. relationship yeah. where it's like we need each other. I yeah. can fix you, oh, yeah, yes. yeah. Um, So Dep- also dependency, yes, yeah. And so didn't I didn't love that? Like it made me anxious about their relationship, but it also felt relatable and real, and like yes, this is like very yeah an adolescent toxic relationship. Think or potentially toxic.
2: You're yeah. probably right. You're, you're, I think you're onto something that that's probably the best way to portray that in a way that does feel somewhat grounded. Mm-hmm. Like Pacey is not afraid to talk about things. In fact, he wants to talk about things. That's the way he likes to handle it. And he's not one to like you know, like put it in his back pocket and think of the best way of doing it. I think him doing it, bringing it up, then talking with Dawson and then bringing it up again is probably like the best way for him to do it. My issue though is like Andy, they make Andy like so irrationally angry. Yeah. Yeah. Like they, it's like they, this is kind of what I think we may have even talked about in that first episode where they where she's picking up the pills. Like I really hope they don't just make her stereotypically crazy. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. And then
2: what do they do? kind of make her stereotypically crazy.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Like, she's just like, like the s- filming where she's yelling going at someone. off, yeah.
2: you know, and then Andy's or the, Pacey steps in to try to like calm her down and she fucking goes off the handle at him too.
4: Yeah. It just like, doesn't feel yeah. Red doesn't feel good. It doesn't feel believable after everything we've seen them go through. Yeah. And for her to just like flip all of a sudden and be like, you're the only expendable thing in my life. It's like, yeah, yeah. wait,
0: What? <laughs> there are like so many different ways that they could have done a narrative like this that didn't go to the extremes that they do within this episode. And like, like the things, again, it's the things that they're touching on are things that are true. Like I, I mean, I'm mentally ill and I take drugs for depression and anxiety and I have mood swings and that's very real, but not to those extremes and those Mm -hmm. extremes, like being telegraphed onto television, like almost makes it a joke. It's like, You're making this like into a cartoonish thing that's not really cool. Like it makes this look pretty bad. Um, but I don't. I like that. This is very frustrating. And then the thing that like I'm just thinking about the message that it sends to like the viewer, right? And like 99 is she pushes him away and tells him like I do not need you. And then Pacey takes that as like well I need to be more persistent. Yeah. And like yeah. She told me no, but I have to. I have to fix this. And it's like. It's like this male romantic trope of like doing whatever it takes to like help a lady, even mm-hmm. if she says no, as those pacey quote unquote is like knows best when Andy asks for space. And he's only like correct here only because the narrative is written that way. Like Andy does
1: And then he's like crawling up her window with a rose and it's just like very, yeah.
0: Like Andy needs Pacey, but this writing is like patriarchal, right? It's like it sends a message that women don't really know what they want and will fail to communicate. So it's up to a man to keep pushing and being persistent even when she clearly verbalizes it's not what she wants. It's like made worse that after he pushes and pushes and crawls up the trellis, he's eventually rewarded for his actions, right? Because he tells her that she loves her and she's like, you were right the whole time. Like I do need you and like I love you too. And... Like, I'm not saying, like, Pacey's the bad guy. And I I think that, like, for when, again, like, when this was written, they were trying to make this, like, look like a good thing. Like, right. Pacey is, like, doing the good thing. And, like, for the world that they've created, Pacey did do the right thing, right? Um, I think it's just, like, a poor representation of relationship and mental health and, yeah. like, yeah, like, if I was watching this in 99, I would think, like, boys need to be persistent when girls say they need space. And if I'm a girl, I'd be, like... Like I, I'm watching this, it's like, well, maybe I shouldn't share my vulnerabilities, totally. maybe my my boyfriend should just assume to know like what's going on with me, and like a good boyfriend will fight for me. Like I like it's such like a fucked yeah. up yeah. weird message, but Definitely. they're but they're in like the, their hearts are in the right place too. So it's I don't know, it's really complex.
2: Yeah. I mean, it is very complex because I, 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 but I think that you're, you're right. Like the message that the viewer is receiving is overall kind of problematic with the way that this is being handled. And I think it was problematic even then because the mental health image message is basically like, be ashamed to keep this to yourself. Don't let other people find it because if they do find out about it, they're going to use it against you. So you really need to like protect this information at all costs. Also, medication alone isn't going to help you because you really need your boyfriend to come and save you. That's like the thing that's really going to push it over the edge. So like, you know, it's, there's just like a lot of really weird shit that's, that's being done here. And I don't like it. (laughs) I don't like it. I know that's, that's a hot take to say, but I, I just don't like it.
4: Yeah. It feels, um, it feels really, uh, complicated and that, like also it's like he is coming from a place of like he really cares about her. He wants the best for her. He's he's the one that's encouraging her to try therapy. Mm-hmm. Um. So, yeah, it it feels. Yeah, I think it's just poorly represented, but it's like
2: it's done. It's such a product of its time, though, because I think if it were to do this in any other way, it would have been like, what the fuck is oh, like. Yeah. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like this mm-hmm. is so in line with the way 90s. handled yeah. This kind yeah. of thing. Yeah. So frustrating. It, it is frustrating. Yeah, it, it is very frustrating.
4: Yeah, I, it Yeah, it does feel. Yeah, I don't know. It's like it's cool that this stuff is being shown because it. Yeah. yeah. It's like I don't know how common this was to have right. on.
0: That's the question. Probably not. Yeah. Right? Yeah.
1: Right. Did anyone? Uh, did did other shows do it right? Yeah. show it yeah you know yeah it's, it's it is just,
2: representation yeah but like yeah it does beg the question like is any representation good representation right. yeah like yeah or it, it should this slash or could this slash should this have been done in a way that is actually representational
3: mm-hmm.
2: i think because i think today you would probably try to do it in a way that is a little bit more sensitive yeah and a little bit more grounded and realistic to yeah. the people who
0: have gone through like they probably would have consulted with somebody right
3: mm-hmm. yeah yeah mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. And it's not, it's not like the story itself is bad. It's the fact that characters are being rewarded for the actions that are not good. And yeah. it's like giving this message, like that's the thesis, right? Like right. that's what yeah. we get at the end. And it's like, uh, like
2: And it feels very like wrapped up in a bow, like a TV show, right? Which of course it is. It is a TV show and we want it to feel like a TV show, but to have them like, of course they make up in the end because of course they do. It's a TV show. They can't break up, right? Like, well, they could. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And I would actually have respected this a lot more if they didn't have that makeup scene at the end of this episode. And we got another scene of like, Andy being on her own, working through this and mm-hmm. Pacey working yeah. through this on his own. And yeah. then they have that moment next episode or an episode mm-hmm. later. Yeah. Yeah. But
4: who bloody you? Yeah,
2: exactly. <laughs>
1: uh, her well, time.
2: We're, go- we're good. We're good. Okay.
1: Bare naked ladies. Anyone? Yeah. Mm. Get to talk about them. <laughs>
2: I mean the anyone never I mean, said the that. The only
1: other of- <laughs> the only other good well, not that I mean there are some good things about this episode, but you know, like James was saying. Bruce and Bruce mm-hmm. and Bare Naked Ladies. Yeah. <laughs> Two great songs.
2: <laughs> BBL.
1: We we don't get to hear a lot of good music with these yeah. recent episodes. Right, so right. it was just exciting to hear hear something that I, yes, I knew. I that. Yeah. I-
0: yeah. It, it's weird though like we've talked about how like a lot of these songs have been replaced with like other generic right. songs but how wonder, the fuck are they getting the rights to Bruce Springsteen I, or Bare Naked yeah, Ladies if, yeah, yeah.
1: I wonder if those were like like a leftover original or if those were like replacing mm. something else
0: they were originals according are, to yeah. like okay. the wiki I saw yeah. okay. okay. well
2: and I mean that Bruce Springsteen song again I am a Bruce Springsteen
3: expert <laughs> um,
2: but that, that Springsteen song was released in uh, the, the tracks record which is like all just his singles a, a variety of mm. singles over yeah. his time. So I bet you he probably let that song go
0: cheap. Oh sure. Yeah. It's not a hit single or anything. It's not a hit.
2: It's not going to cost a shitload of money, but I do think that that's where they put their, their budget is in like a few select songs throughout the season probably is at least in these early days, because we've gone, I know we've talked about this and I'm sorry, listeners who are like so aware of all the different musical changes, but we've gone through so many episodes where there's like not a single recognizable musical number. There's nothing. Mm -hmm. It's just like a lot of atmospheric music that they have done. But then we come across an episode like this and it's like, what the fuck they can (laughs) get good music. Yeah. So my theory is that they're just like, they targeted a few songs. They get to use them. Everything else fell out of license because they paid for short terms or whatever, like whatever it may be. Mm. That was my chair. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not just ripping ass every time (laughs) I finish a thought.
4: Um, anyone else? I mean, I think Cody was the one that pointed this out to me. Notice the... Um, lier, li, oh lier. <laughs> <Huh>? uh, <laughs>
2: tell me.
1: It's a hard word to say in espanol. ¿Lier? Oh, le, uh, the poster.
0: To you, read. I, I, oh. I This
1: poster was in uh, an episode in season one. Oh, yeah? yeah so, with, was it Antonio yep, an, Banderas? Antonio Banderas, yeah. Oh. Yep. Remember it in the library?
0: Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. Like, yeah. he's... Uh, so it must
1: have been the library, the that episode where they were in the library. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. But I remember. Yeah. Yeah.
0: But I just love that it's Spanish Le- and it says "there" Le- instead Le- of
2: "read."
1: Yeah, yeah Reed it's Antonio Spanish. Banderas. Hold on. Yeah.
2: So you're saying that that we've seen that poster in that library before in season I, one. I
1: remember seeing it. Yeah. So
2: then, Capeside High School and the college use the oh, same library because he's oh, at the college yeah. library.
1: Yeah. yeah. Maybe not. Then. Well, they probably use the po- po- it's, put the poster. They probably use it. it. Yeah, good, they the posters. Dawson with the posters. Is that in
4: the next episode? I can't remember. No, well, oh, no. Dawson moving around the, the posters yes, in his yes, room. Yes. This
2: yeah, one. yeah. Oh,
4: yeah, yeah. That was good. <laughs> I, did, I, I like that.
2: That was. I, th- I thought that was a cute little. Yeah, touch. yeah, that's what
4: the libraries were doing. They're just right. Yeah, yeah. sharing the posters <laughs> back
2: and forth. Yeah. Okay, Capeside High School, you can have this one now. Okay. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I. I I thought that was weird when Dawson was walking around the college library. I also thought it was just fucking weird that he like decides to go to the college art class <laughs> and is like, hey, did you get, I ha- wanted to give you my new script oh, revision. Yeah. Like, what what is time it? is it? I'm <laughs> at <laughs> no. school, dude. Like what the fuck?
1: <laughs> you just going to barge into a, yeah. An art there's class. a bunch
2: of people here and there's a naked person. <laughs> yeah. Like fuck off.
4: Also, I've never taken a drawing class before, but is it normal to have multiple nude model projects i have taken one
1: yes because it's like they have the <laughs> naked i took a drawing class in italy with nude models and oh, yeah she- like multiple multiple okay. nude models oh okay. yeah
0: and oh. i'm just gonna assume that her character like, is a minor well uh she's yeah in college. so i
1: wonder if she had to oh, have she's something college, signed yeah. off yeah. well oh oh Devin, you mean Devin, Not-
0: Devin yeah yeah, yeah. I think well,
1: she said she's, in she's in like in she her said, early twenties or something. Oh, does yeah. she say
0: that? I missed that. Okay, well, because
1: no right. she had the conversation with Dawson about like, oh, where he was like, well, I'm in high school, and she was like, oh, you're, you know, mm-hmm. some making something about like, still- oh, you're, that's, film? Cute. that's cute, yeah. like, yeah. yeah, yeah. So she's older. Yeah. Well,
2: I'm actually making my second film. Thank you very much. <laughs> 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 my monster movie did really well. Yeah, you want to watch it? <laughs> it? Has my girlfriend's in it? <laughs> like <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, was, yeah. You
2: like the creature but, of the Black Lagoon? I <laughs> know you really like the creature yeah. of Cape <laughs> It's probably going to surprise you that I won the award.
1: <laughs> I love when she said, Stronger men have been crushed by what I think. Yeah. 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 Okay. They
2: really were nailing the Joey archetype. Oh, yeah. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Yeah. It's just like, okay, we just need the, another fast talking kind of tomboyish girl. Yeah.
4: Yeah, yeah pretty funny. Mm-hmm. Um,. One other thing that I just want to briefly touch on. I really like the conversation between, <laughs> Dutch, uh, between Dawson and Pacey, uh, the lockers in the evening.
2: He's got to let her go. Yeah,
4: yeah. I mean, so I like
2: that. The only way that you can get somebody back.
4: <laughs> what? Yeah. So I like that <laughs> Dawson, Dawson is, like, genuinely checking in with Pacey and almost doesn't make it about himself. Almost.
2: So close. But
4: he... Instead of, like, I feel like a few episodes ago, you know, we see Dawson just rambling on about his own shit. Like, the boat episode when they go on that boat trip. And Pacey's like, yo, like, get a clue. And this, we see Dawson, like, checking in with him. Um, And give... I think he's, like... He is trying to give advice from a place of, like, this is what I... No, to be true for me. And um, he thinks he's actually being helpful, but it is coming from like a kind of a self-obsessed place. And then Pacey responds in a way that does feel thoughtful. Like that may be what works for you, but not for me. Mm -hmm. I just thought the whole conversation was like a good, like good communication between the two of them as friends before when we've seen them like fight over like, yeah.
1: Yeah, Or it's like usually more brief than that. And we don't get much, you know, conversation. So it was nice to see a little bit more. Dialogue. Yeah.
0: And just in general, seeing them be friends. Yeah yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah.
2: Yeah. It was nice to see them have authentic, what I think is authentic to them, rapport. Like it doesn't feel overwritten or underwritten or like it's just got a one joke that they wrote this around. Like it actually feels like a, an actual conversation between the two of them. And they both have a unique viewpoint and they don't walk away from it seeing the same way. Like they still yeah. they still have their own viewpoints, but they've heard each other's side on it. I like that a lot. Yeah. That it's not just like, well, yep, Dawson was right. So I guess I guess I I've got that going for me. You know? Like it I don't know. Well, I think that about does it for this episode. Episode 13.
3: Thank you for
2: (laughs) showing me Springsteen. (laughs) Mm -hmm. See what I did there? Okay. (laughs) Well, uh, Stella, you want to tell us what we got next time on
0: Freaks and Creeks? What about ratings? Yeah, I was thinking we just skip all
1: that.
3: (laughs) Ratings
0: and the peak Creek moment. You're right about that.
2: And then, Stella, what do you think you want to talk about? <laughs> <laughs> Can't
3: wait.
2: <laughs> okay, so ratings. Okay. Big, big codals.
0: Big codals <laughs> uh, is my street name. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to give this one a 3.5. Uh, even though I have a lot to negatively say about this episode, I do like seeing Dawson's film being realized and the ramifications it has on his relationship with Joey as well as the introspection it provides for himself. And who's known to be obfuscated by only his deliberately shallow cinematic worldview. I love seeing that kind of collapse in on itself and what that means for him and his friends and his life. It's, I think it's really interesting. Uh, but that said the Andy Pacey stuff kind of sucks. The Jen stuff kind of sucks. And, uh, yeah, it's pretty much whatever, but I, I do, I was very shocked that I gave so much of a shit for Dawson in this episode. Mm. So 3.5 peak Creek moment. What is my peak Creek moment? Um, I, I know that this is going to be James's peak Creek moment, but I was color me shocked when Bruce Springsteen's, uh, sexy, raspy, grizzled voice came through those speakers into my ear holes. That was my peak Creek moment. I, I love Bruce your holes yes thank you mm. be creek moment
4: um i can go my my rating will be i think also a 3.5 yeah um i i thought this episode like i felt more um interested and engaged versus previous episodes like i just i do feel like the show is getting better and i'm like more excited about like where where things are going, the direction of the different relationships. Um, uh, but yeah, there was definitely some stuff I didn't love, like the Andy and Pacey stuff. Yep. Um, I did like seeing Jen be like a cool producer lady uh, for the movie and like being a little badass lady and Graham's expressing her uh, feeling proud of her. Uh, but yeah, my Peak Creek moment. Beep up. Let me think real quick. It might be the um, the thing I just spoke about—the conversation between Grams and Jen, Dawson and Pacey, mm.
2: the Grams mm. and Jen of yeah. Dawson's world.
4: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, that was like a nice little nugget for me.
1: Little nugget. Little nug. Oh. I'll go next. Um, I'm going to give this episode a three. Um, I found it, this episode a little boring for some reason. I don't know. I Initially, I didn't really like watching Rachel Lee Cook's character. I'm not sure if that's because we were supposed to be like feel annoyed by her trying to be Joey or if it was the writing for me. I, I don't know. I mean, I, pre- I appreciate what her character meant in this episode as a reflection of Joey, um, but I didn't. I, and I, I don't know if that's the only reason that I didn't found it boring, but that's one of the things. Um, and also I just felt like some of the plot points were kind of like shoehorned in. Like there were like a lot of things. It was like an episode of a lot of different things that were like needed to happen before before like the next step in mm-hmm. in the story of Dawson's Creek. So like we got to see Dawson film his movie. Pace and Andy love each other. You know, like Dawson and Joy aren't over each other. Jen mm-hmm. and Grams are back at it. Like... I don't know. I felt felt like there were, there were a lot of like things in this that were like brief, but I did enjoy watching the filming of Dawson's movie. I thought like the montage was fun and there was good music. Um, so yeah, just a three. Pete Creek. Pete Creek. Um, maybe like the character names in Dawson's movie. (laughs) I just enjoyed hearing what like he created for, you know, his, him and his friends. Like I just, I, I thought that was fun pretty funny. Also, I wonder if they're going to have Pacey represented in the movie.
2: I was wondering.
1: Yeah, that's what I was wondering too, and who would play him?
2: They had him running a boom mic. Or if if this is it,
1: like this is what we saw of Dawson Filming's movie, and then we won't see it again because... It's just one scene. (laughs) Well, yeah, that's just how I felt about like what it, you know, about what they were showing here. I don't know. Okay.
2: Oh, sorry. You wanted to say something?
0: Oh, Oh. I just, uh, I was thinking about that there's that season of Seinfeld where Jerry creates a show called Jerry. And it's like a meta joke that he's like making Seinfeld within Seinfeld and they're casting for George and there's like all these like oh, really yes. there's like all these like handsome cool guys coming in and George is like I love these guys and everyone's like ah it's not good and then Jeremy B. Piven comes in and he's just like this like fucking loser and Jerry's like this is our guy for George and George is like what so I just imagine they're casting for Pacey and it would be something similar like all these like cool guys with leather jackets and Pacey's like this guy's me <laughs> Oh that's hilarious
2: Okay um Seinfeld such a good show just, yeah. let's maybe we should just
1: yeah can we just watch seinfeld <laughs>
2: covertly make this a seinfeld rewatch show um okay so my rating for season two episode 13 of dawson's creek titled his leading lady in which bruce springsteen <laughs> is featured two times oh my gosh <laughs> twice um i will give this a 2.64 Ooh. um yeah i mean it's it's not it's it's not the worst episode and it's by far not the best episode. I, I really do think it's just right in the middle. If I um, you know, were watching this show for myself, I probably would have just forgotten it almost immediately. Um, aside from the box checking exercise that Mal described and hers, it, it does. It just kind of feels like we're just kind of getting some things out mm-hmm. of the way. I'm sure it's going to serve a lot of script service, but it didn't serve a lot of fan service and it wasn't all that fun to watch. So 2.64, but I will give it a bonus one star because Bruce Springsteen is really cool. And I, I do want to thank this show for that. I at least have that. So 3.64 is my rating.
1: Whoa. Um, Peak. Wait, 2.64. Well, 3. yes. But oh, it's you bumped it up. Got yeah. it. Got it. Of course. By, of course. by the
2: boss. Yes. Um, boss baby. Boss baby. Boss baby. Um, that's his line,
0: right? Doesn't he say that at all of his shows? The boss baby, <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, or Bruce Springsteen. Yeah, yeah. It, that's how uh,
1: they introduce him. Yeah,
0: <laughs> I did. I did see Bruce Springsteen live once. Oh, it was a yeah? really good show. Yeah, he, played, he wearing a big diaper out there. He did. Yeah, he played the river all the way through wow, in a diaper, that's cool. and then in a oh, second, that's even cooler. I know. And then in the second set, he just said "boss baby" <laughs> uh, instead of singing any of the songs. Like he was playing them. <laughs> But yeah, you just uh, like, there'd just be like a really long pause. Yeah. Like he'd be playing anything off of Nebraska and everyone's right. like, is he going to fucking sing or just play the acoustic parts? And then he just goes, baby, Boss baby. <laughs>
3: it's
0: fucking crazy.
3: Now,
1: oh. now, 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 Boss baby. Recommendation. Sorry. I'm sorry.
2: Be great. Allow me to have fun. Oh, I know I listeners sorry. don't enjoy it when I have fun, <laughs> but I'm having fun here <laughs> with my friends. Uh. Um, okay. It's a new
1: thing. I forgot about Peak Creek. It's okay.
2: Peak Creek. My Pete Creek moment is... Um, well, I really do want to say it's when uh sad eyes comes on for the second time, but it's just corrupted by Pacey climbing up the trellis and that kind of will you accept
1: this, Rose? Yeah, well, that's cool.
2: <laughs> so my actual Pete Creek moment is when they're outside of Dawson's house rehearsing the scene. And uh specifically when they turn to show the camera from like Wade and uh and Sammy's you? perspective and you're looking at Dawson and there's a little cardboard TV.
3: they they have his
2: TV set it's made out of cardboard and Dawson's sitting behind it like a director and I don't know just that little moment there I thought was just like that captures Dawson to a T (laughs) he's got Mm -hmm. his little fake fantasy bedroom set outside of his own house and he's just like loving it so that's my peak moment uh. Recommendations. I'll go ahead and get us started. This week, I am recommending the silver cord by King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard. And I know you're saying, wait, you recommended that last time. And you are right. I did. But this time I'm recommending the extended edition.
3: Mm.
2: Um, I recently received this in my uh in the mail. I had the I got a vinyl copy off their website. Go listen to that. If you like vinyl, it's really good. But the extended edition adds like a lot a lot of music to this for example the first song goes from like five minutes to 27 minutes long and there's just some very long extended synthy jams that are really good but then there's additionally a lot of um Material that crosses over to, with the previous record, Petrodragonic Apocalypse. Um, In fact, they like feature some of the choruses in the Silver Chords. So much like how Bruce Springsteen has these characters in this universe that goes around and around and around, King Gizzard does it too. And it's pretty cool.
0: Yeah, I'm. Uh, I, I mean, I like King Giz. Um, I'm not as like a, a Giz head as you are, but I nobody I'm just, is. <laughs> hey, <come on. laughs> you got to fight them all. Uh, <laughs> but I'm just like shocked that they released the record as is and not the extended as like the official release. I know. Yeah. It seems so weird to me. Yeah, it's much better. I think it's way better. Yeah, and I'm like, why? Like, yeah. who allowed that to happen? I don't know. Yeah, yeah,
2: I, I agree. I think the extended is the is really the way to go, and. For not every artist, but specifically for this one, it's just like it is a much better, much bigger or much more complete picture. So if you listen to the first one on my recommendation, you're like, "Well, that was okay. Try the extended. You might still think it's okay, but I bet you'll like it.
1: I am going to recommend a book called The Guest List by Lucy Foley. Um, I recommended one of her books in a previous episode, uh, which was The Paris Apartment. Um, So this one is another thriller, Murder Mystery. Mm. And the synopsis is, A wedding celebration turns dark and deadly in this deliciously wicked and atmospheric thriller reminiscent of Agatha Christie from the New York Times bestselling author of The Hunting Party. So The Hunting Party is another one of Lucy Foley's Mm. books. Um, the guest list, uh, is set on an Island off the coast of Ireland. And so guests are gathering to celebrate a wedding. The groom is a reality TV star and the bride is a magazine publisher. Mm. So this is like an intricately planned wedding for two high profile people. Uh, and they each kind of have their own secrets that unfold during the book. And then of course there's this mystery that happens. Um, so yeah. Yeah. And like the Paris apartment, each chapter is from the perspective of a different person, of a different character. So there's like the bride, the groom, the best man, the wedding planner, and they go back and forth. So they'll be mm. like, you know, throughout the entire book, different chapters that go back to like each character. That's cool. Yeah. And it was called the guest list. The guest list. Yeah. Um, and I've only read two of her books so far, so I don't know all of her books. But um, so far, I love the way that she slowly builds suspense, and mm. I plan on exploring. Some of our other books. Nice. Mm. So, if you're looking for a good mystery thriller, I highly recommend. Yeah, oh, I'm interested. Cool. Nice. Read the Paris Apartment too. Okay.
4: Yeah. Um. Okay. My recommendation.
0: <laughs> Jesus, what's happening? I'm so excited. <laughs> oh
4: my gosh, you're not gonna see this one coming. Is, book. Uh, <laughs> <Fuck. laughs> I know what. <laughs> Is the food. English muffins.
1: <laughs> oh, love those!
0: Fuck.
3: Okay, <laughs> <laughs> it's
0: like what am I gonna link to when I have to <laughs> write this up? <laughs>
3: so, um, the Wikipedia what, for English no, muffins.
1: I'll, I'll recommend a brand. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you're gonna be a brand ambassador. Oh, Influencer, yeah,
4: oh, yeah, sponsor yeah, yeah. us, please.
1: Um, Oreo wheat extra crispy
4: is my favorite. Here's the deal.
2: Wow, you just pulled <laughs> that ad coffee out of your back pocket.
4: Well, those are the ones I've been enjoying the most. I think they're the most like underrated snack.
0: The Bruce Springsteen of <laughs> ah, The boss.
4: I wake up every morning. My like I've been doing like my little routine as I wake up, make coffee, English muffin with some butter and honey. I look. A- a- English muffins. There,
2: for forgive me, they're just the little guys, right? The little biscuits. They're, yeah, they're like. Yeah.
1: You know, kind of in half yeah. size. Don't describe
2: like, it. Just use your hands.
1: <laughs> <laughs> like I'm a, a hand person. You know. you know, I use hand motions.
2: I know you do. The little circled. Okay. Mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> kind of in half. There's little pull, pulls okay. in there.
2: <laughs> yeah. yeah, the little. they airy. Yeah. Are they usually like brown?
1: Kind of, yeah, because they're like Tam. already like um, a little brown. Toasted a little, yeah, yeah, like browned a little. No, they're different than the crump. You can get like crumpets, which are similar, mm-hmm. but and these ones are more brown. These
2: muffins, bread, right? Yes. Not. not <laughs> yeah. Okay. Continue. Yep.
1: Um, we'll get some next time at the store.
2: Please. Love them.
1: <laughs> They are, it's like I look forward to to
4: waking up and having my English muffin. Like, so much it is like the (laughs) (laughs) it's so wonderful it tastes so good you get extra toasty Uh, it like absorbs
1: the butter mm -hmm. too right yes get a little mm, mm,
4: mm. Mm. i don't want it to end and then i'm sad when i finish eating it and i just want another one um but you can do so much you can like put some avocado and some smoked fish Mm, or like mm -hmm. a melty cheese yeah yeah I love them so much, and I think they're so underrated, and they're the best. And if you have a bakery in your area that makes them, you should get those. There's if you're in, <laughs> if you're in um, Oregon, uh, in Bend, in Portland, there's a bakery called Sparrow, and they make their own English muffins, mm. and they're so fucking delicious and heavenly. So yeah, go go. <laughs> Cody's giving me the funniest look right now. Um, they're heavenly. They're divine. Oh wow.
2: um, <laughs> they're sent from above. <laughs> These English muffins. <laughs> but or, The
4: Oroweat extra crispy. If you're just looking for a a general general English to, muffin.
2: Yeah, so that's cool. the recommendation. If you're trying to like get into English <laughs> muffins,
4: this is your good entry point. Yeah, 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 yeah.
2: Yeah. <laughs> okay, cool. I love that. English muffins. You know, that's that might that is that a first time? I mean, I know we've done uh we did uh Chili crisp. Yeah. Cody did. Early. I did a Early. food item too, but I can't remember. Item. Yeah. Yeah. It's good that we can't remember. I what can't it remember.
3: <laughs> oh, it's
2: good. Okay, cool. So next time on freaks and Creeps, No, Cody's.
3: Recommendation. Oh
0: <laughs> is it an English muffin? <laughs> no, mine's pretty dark. For an English muffin? Uh, <laughs> no. uh, my recommendation is to donate to the mm-hmm. Palestine children's relief fund, a humanitarian organization that's providing urgent aid to Gaza and the West bank. Uh, as of this recording, more than 11,000 Palestinians have been killed since Israel started bombing, and there's no end in sight, so anything helps. If not the PCRF, then the UN's Crisis Relief Fund or the World Food Program or Doctors Without Borders. Also call your representatives and say, ceasefire now. And that's my rec.
4: Got everything all over the map.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's got to be something here for one of you listeners between these four recommendations. It's either dismantling uh, uh, oppressive militant organizations or it's eating um, a tasty breakfast treat.
2: Or listening to a record that I already told you about. Yeah. Yeah.
4: Or (laughs) Or reading a book. Yeah. (laughs) Or read a book. Yeah. There's something in there.
0: I I can do it all in one day.
2: Yes. (laughs) Yes. See, that is the true freak challenge. Do everything we recommend in the same day. It's like, you know, the things they say about people who live in LA, like, man, you got the mountains, you got the beach, you got the sand, and I don't know, you got the other things. Yep. Well do. too. Yeah. Maybe that's what <laughs> they say about Oregon. But now we have four recommendations. You got each of those in one day. That's a perfect day. Perfect day. Mm-hmm. The perfect Start it with an day. English muffin. That
4: Start works. with it, exactly. Start yep.
2: it with an English muffin while you're reading the book.
4: Okay, so next time. <laughs> Finally, next time on Freaks and Creeks, season two, episode 14, to be or not to be.
2: Dot, dot, dot.
4: Where after a harsh teacher forces Jack to read a poem that leads everyone to suspect that he's gay, Pacey's principal defense threatens to get him suspended.
2: mm mm-hmm.
4: Ooh, sounds, sounds like a doozy.
2: Yeah, that sounds fun. Yeah. I love a little queer panic to to, you know, just start my day off with. Yeah well until then yeah um well we have an outro uh let's (laughs) see uh thank you so much for listening if you've enjoyed this episode please subscribe to our show and join us as we continue to set sail through dawson's creek one episode at a time visit our website at freaksandcreeks.com find us on instagram at freaksandcreekspod and please write to us at show at freaksandcreeks.com until next time bye. 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 Bye, 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 bye